I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two, two Films, Two Curious, where the two of us watch two movies. Oh, and we're curious about them. Yes. Uh, I think before we We've get started... we down. Though, we really do. <laughs> God, that's hot. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think before we get started, though, we have some shouts out. Shoutouts. Shouts. Shout. Shouts out. Shout. Shouters outers. Shart. Shart. Shouts. Sharts. Yes. We have two sharts today. Two of them. Three. Three. Ostensibly. Yes. Okay. So first, I think, is is a shout-out and also a correction uh, from Cotagonist, which shall be their name henceforth until, until we, we come, come up with something, something better. better. Uh, Cotagonist Anna, who informed us that uh, it is Narcan that you use to get mm-hmm. somebody out of uh, uh, a drug overdose. It's not so, steroids, like I said. Not steroids. Not some sort of chemical, like I said, although I guess Narcan is I mean, some sort of chemical. technically, yeah. But that would be like saying they injected him. <laughs> and then leaving it at that. Not, not really clever. So thank you to Cotagonist Anna. Uh, another shout-out would be to uh, Cotagonist Anna... <laughs> An entirely different Anna. <laughs> well, this one's spelled with one N, right? No, two Ns. They're both two Ns? Yeah. Uh, for providing us with... Uh, some Chardonnay. Some Chardonnay. A very a delectable Chardonnay. So choice. Uh, <laughs> actually left over from her wedding. Oh. It's as if we were invited, except we weren't. <laughs> uh, so thank you to Cotagonist, the other Anna. The third shout-out is relevant to the next part. Uh... Thank you to Cotagonist Devin for planting the seed that was this particular oh, yes. uh, topic. Uh, she helped, through her suggestion, uh, have us decide on watching Jaws and Lars and the Real Girl and talking about communities. Lars and the Real Girl is its own thing, not three movies. We right, this is not Lars, three films too curious. The Real Girl and Jaws. Right. No. Although I feel like we may have a two films, three curious at some point in our future. Yes. Sorry, three films, two curious at some point in that. So we had a two, three. Right. We might have a three, two. We'll never have a one. Nah, where's the fun in that? Right. For in any position. Anyways, Jaws, Lars and the Real Girl, Community. Do you have Do you have words about community? I do. I do have the etymology of the word community. Uh, Late fourteenth century. I mean, the definition basically being a number of people associated together by the fact of residence in the same locality. Also, the common people, which is not the rulers or the clergy in okay. its original context. Everybody else not sitting on a cushion. Yeah, basically. Comes from the old French communite, community, commonness, everybody, which comes from the Latin communitatum, community, society, fellowship, friendly intercourse, courtesy, affability, which comes from communis, which is common, public, general, shared by all or many. Same, like the word common, basically. Yeah. Which I didn't make that connection until I read this, that community is basically the commonness of a group of people. Right. Well, interesting that that's, that's the one that you're thinking of, because I'm sitting here trying to figure out, like, episode of Community where Pierce can't come up with a joke, and he keeps sitting there thinking, ah, I got a joke! No, there's no joke. Trying to figure out the similarity between community and communion. I don't know if there is one, though. They probably both come from that same word root, communis. Yeah. But Who knows? Who knows? Actually, probably a lot of people do. Um, but well, neither of them are us. We can give them a shout-out if they correct us yeah, in feel the next free. episode. Yes. 
anyways, so that's interesting about, I mean, it makes sense about it being a common, a common thread. I think in our instance, we're discussing at least overtly a community, a, a regional community. Um, yeah. Although I think that in some parts we're speaking about, or at least I have some points that speak to specific smaller communities in that mm -hmm. regional community. Church groups, groups of people that yeah. all share a similar hobby, that sort of thing. So, anyways, on to the summaries. I will. I shall summarize Jaws sure. first. Go for it. Okay, because when I type this in later on, it's going to be Jaws and Lars and the Real Girl. So I should go first. Yeah, yeah. it's alphabetical that way. So, is it? H I J K L. Sure enough, <laughs> neat. Anyways, Jaws. <clears throat> For those of you who haven't seen, uh, Jaws is a movie about a shark. And that's my summary. <laughs> no, um, it, uh, the movie opens on a, a group of teenagers, a community Whoa, of teenagers sitting around right a bonfire. We? we certainly are. <laughs> sitting around a bonfire, ch chatting and singing songs, uh, when lo and behold, one uh, teenager pulls another teenager away and is like, hey, let's do what all kids do in scary movies and... Get, get, naked. On na get naked and so skinny she decides dip. to skinny dip in the ocean uh and the boy is has sat drunk on the beach he's a little drunk yeah right uh while in the ocean this lady is attacked by a shark and it is brutal she is she is killed savagely completely. by this shark uh the next morning uh you see a man who wakes up and is disappointed that the sun is coming in his window and you find out that he's the sheriff of this town. His name is uh, Brody. He's more, he's, he's the chief, right? The right, chief he's of the chief. The chief of police of the town. His name the is Brody. The chief of police of like two other people. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this small town that's that's really a summer destination. He, he talks all the time about having to hire more police officers during the summer versus the three of them that are there during the winter. Amity Island. Is Amity place. Island, right. And he's dealing with a whole bunch of gimcracky bullshit nonsense. Like a guy's like, there's a dead truck out in front of my store. I can't get people coming to my store. And he's like, fucking small potatoes, yeah. dude. Uh, but then he finds out that they that a girl is missing on the beach. Uh, and so he rushes down there. Oh, does he find out he's missing? She finds out, he finds out she's dead. He rushes down there. Um, they find her. They find her and she's certainly dead. Uh, and uh, like he... the. He finds out from the coroner that it was a shark attack, and he goes to the mayor, and he's like, "We got to shut down. We got to shut down the beach, while we yeah. hunt the shark." That shark's still out there, right? Um, and so, like, he goes and he starts to shut down the beach, and the mayor's like, "Hey, man, like, let's not be hasty. Are you sure it was a shark attack?" And don't the, be hasty. Don't be hasty. <laughs> what you mick? Um, the uh, the coroner's like, "I don't know. Maybe it's not a shark attack." And he's like, "But you told me it was a shark attack." And he's like, "It could be anything. Could, Obviously, could have been a boat." Right? He says it's motor. a boat, boat rudder motor boats the pro propeller the spitty bit propeller really <laughs> anyways so uh the mayor is able to sort of strong arm the sheriff into not closing down the beaches um and the next day all of the tourists come all of the tourists come in it's like fourth of july weekend yeah it's like right. a whole big thing yeah. and like they're all hanging out on the beach but nobody's going in the water and the mayor is like come on like someone go in the water and so this guy goes in the water and then all of everybody yeah, goes in the water like, oh, it's safe. Okay. they go in the water and a kid gets gobbled up do you find any daughters in the water? no I hate that song <laughs> I hate that song 
they get the kid gets gobbled up and yeah. uh so then they really shut down the beach uh and the mom of the kid is just pissed like she finds out that there was another attack like two days earlier um like slaps the chief of police it's a very brutal slap and has actually put in a ransom in the newspaper and like in all of the like fishing newspapers and guides and stuff for this shark she'll pay money if the shark is captured and killed um and so now everybody's come to amity island every little shark you know backwater joe right everyone's there um uh, the mayor agrees to shut down the um, the beach for a, just a, a certain period of time. Um, there's a man in the back of the room, a scary man. His name is Quint, who's like, ah, get that shark. He's very angry. Five times what yeah. you wanted. A billion jillion dollars. <laughs> and everybody's like, you're weird. <laughs> uh, but the next day, everybody's there to catch this shark. And um, like a scientist from the shark university comes and is like now they don't teach sharks no they teach about, they teach about sharks. sharks comes and is like yeah let me see this girl well, i'll tell you what the shark is and while everybody's out there trying to find the shark he's like it's a fucking big shark and they're like damn okay and he's like this is you this is was not a boat this yeah, was this a, is shark. a shark you're an idiot for thinking it was a boat but anyways and so when they go back outside someone has caught a shark and a big shark to be sure 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 uh but the guy's like no 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 this ain't the shark. And they're like, fuck you, it is the shark. And the sheriff is thrilled, and the mayor is like, we got it. And so the next day, uh, beach is open again, and people are hanging out in it, and but they've got, like, they're patrolling the waters just in case. And At that point, had they opened the shark up? No, not yet. Okay. Well, maybe they had. No, not yet. Um, and there's another shark. Maybe they had. At some point, they open up the shark, and they find out definitively it is not yeah, the shark. There's no human flesh in it. Um, but uh, when they open up the beach again, the sheriff's son almost gets attacked, and he's like, he's in shock, and he's in the hospital. And so the mayor is finally like, yes, hire Quint, kill this shark. And so Quint and Brody and Hooper is the name yep. of the of the scientist all go out on the boat. And I was about to say Hooper, I hardly know. <laughs> This is a serious podcast when we talk about serious stuff here. Yes. He did hardly know her, which is why in the movie he doesn't hoop her. We'll talk about the difference between the movie and the book later, I guess. But anyways, the three of them get on the boat. They go to fight the shark. They track the shark, and like it's this it's this days-long hunt of the shark um, in which... I would say at least a third, if not a half, of the movie. Like yeah. A lot, fair amount takes place on that boat. Yeah. Quint ends up dying. Hooper is lost for a while. Um... But take they a wrong up, turn. Takes a wrong <laughs> turn. Quint ends up killing the shark. No. no. Brody ends up killing the shark. And then the two of them swim because the boat is destroyed at this point. Swim back to Amity Island. But they don't worry because there was only one shark. There was only one shark in the whole world. <laughs> well, two because they got that one earlier too. Well, yeah. Naturally. <laughs> so I think that that's it. Always two there are. Yeah. <laughs> Master and apprentice. <laughs> what is dead may never die. Isn't that the thing though? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because doesn't Jaws? Well, I guess that Jaws doesn't come back in the other ones, but there are multiple sharks just as big, if not. It's bigger. the same Jaws in every movie. They, they rebuilt can rebuild him. him. They had the technology. Anyways, that's the first Jaws movie, and I've not seen any of the others. So. Oh, I've seen Jaws 3D, mm. which is not so good in 2D. I found. I can see that being the case, actually. Yeah. I think it was one of the 
early early 3D movies actually one of the first... we were, I was talking to somebody at work about it that yeah it was one of those like put the glasses on take them off kind of thing yeah like certain scenes were 3D yeah like Shark Boy and Lava Girl or Spy Kids 3D yeah a lot of movies when they get to their third one they're like this is the 3D one yeah at least Which in like the weird. 80s it's and 90s that was Star the case. Wars was the fourth or maybe first depending on how we're counting them <laughs> movie that went 3D so I don't know and then they re-released them and they only did the first one right that's what I'm saying yeah yeah yeah, Phantom so disappointing. They did 3D. Only disappointing that they only did the first one, or disappointing that they did it at all? They only did the first one. Thank I wanted you. to see all of them. Same. I, I saw my glasses, my 3D glasses from I have one. my glasses, and also another pair. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> whose. Anyways, that's not related. The next movie, yes. which is Lars and the Real Girl. Yes. Um, I'm going to pull from the Wikipedia summary, too. Just so pull I don't from get the sacred the, texts? Yes, so I don't get the... The sacred text. So I don't get a, get it mixed up since I've only seen this movie once. Yeah. So Lars lives in a small Wisconsin town. I actually didn't know it was Wisconsin until I read this. I didn't know but I knew it was like Midwest. Yeah. yeah, you could tell. Um, he lives in the kind of converted garage. His brother Gus and his, Gus's wife Karen both live in kind of the main big house. Uh, Karen attempts several times to try to get Gus to like come have a family dinner with them. Lars. Or just to, sorry, Lars. Yeah, to get Lars to come and have... Like a family dinner with him, yeah. just interact with him. Uh, he's very I don't know, shy. Is not even the word. He's, the I way, put the reticent way I, down. Yeah, that's my word. The way I wrote days. it in my notes was he he doesn't know how to interact with people. Right. It's not even like a that he doesn't want to. Although on a certain level, he kind of doesn't want to. But right. he also doesn't know how to, even if he did want. Right. To. The want isn't because he knows how and doesn't want to. The want is mostly that he doesn't know how and therefore doesn't want to. Yeah. Anyways. But he doesn't know how to interact with his family, co-workers, members of his church. Like, no one. He, he kind of just awkwardly walks away as soon as they start to talk to him. Right. He has a co-worker named Margo who's kind of obviously interested in him, but he also doesn't... Right. Nothing co-worker more than... and church community member. Yeah, yes. She sings in the choir. Um, one fateful day, a pa- large package arrives. Lars tells Gus and Karen that he has a visitor who he met via the internet... She is a wheelchair mobile missionary of Brazilian and Danish descent she named is. Bianca. They discover that Bianca is actually a lifelike doll that Lars ordered and apparently believes is a real person. Um, so they, of course, they're concerned about his mental health. This is not a normal thing for someone to do. No. Um, so they break it. They bring him to the family doctor. This is such a small town that this is kind of like the doctor. Yeah. Like they have a hospital with other doctors, but this is like probably the only family doctor in the area. Right. Um, her name is Dagmar. She's also a psychiatrist. So Dagmar actually kind of plays along with it, diagnoses Bianca with low blood pressure, and says that she'll have to come in for weekly treatments. Her ultimate goal being to get Lars in here and talk to him. Obviously not do anything that would make him uncomfortable, but just kind of right. get at the root of why he's developed this delusion, is what they end up calling it. Right. Um, and she kind of encourages Gus and Karen to go along with it. And yeah. ultimately, the whole community to go along with it. Right. I mean, she says in the thing, she's like, you can tell him the truth if you want. He doesn't. He's, he's not, not going to believe it. it. It's yeah. not going to matter. Um, so he begins to introduce her to his, the townspeople as his girlfriend, Bianca. Lars is introducing Bianca. Right. Um, and due to their concern, because they love him, they all treat Bianca like a real person. Yeah. Uh, and something I noticed early is that he starts to really be able to interact with people. Yeah. Using her as a crutch almost to kind of get his foot in the door. But sure. But you can tell that this this is helping him ultimately in the long run. Yeah. Um, during this time, 
Margot begins to date one of their other co-workers, which you can tell bothers Lars, but he doesn't know really how to deal with that or why, maybe even really why he's bothered by it. Yeah. Um, because he is interested in her. Um, eventually, at one point, <clears throat> so they they kind of start weaning him off of Bianca. They say, oh, well, she wants to work these days or volunteer in the hospital these days, so we're kind of spending less and less time with her. Yeah. Um, this is maybe premature because he starts to get upset about it. Ultimately, he gets into a big fight with Karen about... He's like, you know, she's my girlfriend. I should be able to see her whenever I want to. And just that no one cares about him. And she gets real kind of heated. Yeah. And so right, it's like... Righteously show. All, yes, yes. She's justified, certainly, in her anger. They're like, we do all this for you because everyone here loves you and cares about you. Which you can tell really affects him. Yeah. Um, and then he has a conversation with his brother, Gus. And Gus kind of apologizes for having left because... If you find out the backstory, Lars and Gus's mom died when I don't know if they say specifically when Lars was born, but if not, like right after like they he, do. He didn't yeah, I know mean, her. Dagmar says that because when they're talking about uh, Karen's pregnancy and Bianca's pregnancy or lack thereof, and Dagmar's inability to become pregnant, um, he says something about being afraid that I mean her parents or that Bianca's mom died in childbirth, and Dagmar says, "Oh, like you." Yeah. So it was during childbirth, but regardless, yeah. he, he didn't know his mom. Right. Um, this kind of breaks their dad. He's just very, obviously, he's lost love of his life. He's very depressed. He kind right. of raises Lars. He's very distant from him, kind of secluded. Gus gets out of there as soon as he can when he's old enough to support himself. Right. And then in this conversation he has, he apologizes to Lars and says that, like, you know, I shouldn't have left you with dad of all people. Like, right. And they have a conversation <clears throat> about what it means to be a man. And how did you realize you were a man? It's it's kind of a it's a sweet conversation. It's very touching. Yeah. Um, this conversation kind of seems to reach Lars, and he kind of see a shift in his personality. Um, Lars ends up comforting Margot when someone at work plays a prank on her that kind of pushes her over the edge. Right. Um, she invites him to go out bowling. He goes out bowling right. with her. Some other people show up that they know from work and just from around the town, and he you can tell he has a really good time. Like yeah. He, He's finally doing something that someone his age would do. I think they say he's 27 or 28. Something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. He's our age. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I go bowling. Yeah, I love bowling. I own a bowling ball, thanks to your parents. I own a bowling ball, thanks to my parents. <laughs> um, Lars kind of reminds Margo at this point during the bowling thing that he would not cheat on Bianca. Um, obviously, he... This is it's one of the things that he learned about being a man is you don't cheat on your woman, you provide for your family, all the stuff that uh, Gus tells him. So he, want, he really wants to lean into that because right. um, he wants to, he feels like he's ready. During this conversation, and you find out earlier when his, one of his little therapy sessions with Dagmar, that when people touch him, it's painful to him. Like, it, like it's some kind of psychosis. Like he doesn't, he can't handle people touching him. Probably right. because he had no affection as a child from his dad, right. obviously. Um, but during this, after he says goodbye to Margo, he takes his glove off and shakes her hand. And that's kind of a huge... Right. Maybe she wouldn't know that's a huge thing, but it is. And you, he's not in pain. He right. shakes her hand and you can tell yeah, he, he, he enjoyed it. Yeah, he instigated it. Yeah. And he's not in pain. Um, the morning after, he finds that... Lars finds that Bianca's unresponsive. They rush her to the hospital. Um, basically, the doctors tell him that... And you find out Lars is kind of the one that it's said this, this. Is, is that she's dying. Yeah. Um, which is almost like he's hearing her speak less and less as he's kind of gaining more and more 
um, having more interaction with people. Sure. The four of them, that being Gus, Karen, Lars, and Bianca, go to a lake. Bianca dies, so they have a um, funeral for her. The whole town is there. They all speak very highly of her. Um, and ultimately, after the funeral, um, Lars is talking to Margot and says, like, like they're like, you want to go for a walk? Yeah. Like, it kind of is. You can see that he's fully accepted and he's kind of adjust, readjusted himself as a person. So yeah. that's basically it. So that's Lars and the real girl. There we go. Uh, well, I guess I guess similarities and differences. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have Do you have one to start with? I do. Um, a similarity I found is that in both cases the community paces the plot. Yeah. Um, so obviously in Jaws the community first, and the community mainly being the mayor first ignores the issue Mm -hmm. Um, then they try to write it themselves which is handing all the people for all the shark and then ultimately they hire the professional for help Um, in Lars and the Real Girl initially the community is very taken aback but then they kind of lean into it slowly wean him off of her and then ultimately help resolve Lars's issues but if the community weren't doing the things they did the plot would not really advance right which I guess is a similarity and a difference that the community drives the plot in both cases and the difference is, is that the community in Jaws and their stagnation or unwillingness to accept reality is what drives the plot. And in Lars and the Real Girl, the community's willingness to accept that Lars' like reality is different. Yeah. Immediately. Almost immediately, right out the gate, um, is what so, helps. So yeah. sweet. Like, yeah. Obviously, they don't initially they just they're confused right and there's of, a couple of people that are not yeah. like at the at the church when um gus and karen, karen. yeah karen uh, meet with the church in advance because they know that Lars is going to go to church every sunday it's like uh the pastor and a young couple and an older couple and then an, another a single older lady um and the the, the younger couple is like it's kind of weird and the older couple is like we're not going to be a part of this. And the single older lady is like, oh, come on. And she starts rattling off all oh. of the skeletons in the closet of all of the other members. And like, yeah. Bob, your first wife was a klepto. And you're like, no, she wasn't. And it's like, why is she buried in a pair of my earrings then? <laughs> and the the priest is like, or the pastor is like, yeah, man, like this is, I mean, this is what Lars needs. We acknowledge that Lars is a, is a good person and that he needs this help. And we as a community need to rally around it. So even yeah. even the people, and you see this with Gus as well, who is not on board. He's certainly one of the last people to accept this as their current reality. Right. He, at, although he's slow to accept it, he's, except for once when he tries to tell Lars that it's fake, and Lars just doesn't even hear it, doesn't even yeah. listen. And he's like, I had to try. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, he doesn't even... Like, he never speaks in a way for Lars to think that he's not on board yeah. past that. Slow, yeah. but not certainly at least accepting of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that um, if the core group of main characters are... Well, I guess the three the three community members that are most important in Jaws mm-hmm. are or the three characters that are most important about like the, the the shark are Quint, Brody, and Hooper. Yeah, and I think that similarly, 
characters in Lars in the Real Girl that fulfill similar spots would be the old lady from the church, Gus, and Karen. That Quint is like, nah, this is the way that we gotta kill a shark. There's a there's a there's an art to it. The shark is evil, we gotta kill the shark. Hooper is like, nah man, let me show you my TV screens and science. And Brody is like I'm also here. <laughs> I think that... I represent the town. Right. <laughs> I think that uh, the old lady from the church is like, nah, man, community's always got a weird thing, but we love our community and we're here on board. Karen is like, Dagmar says this is the way that we got to do it. This is the way that the science works. We got to, yeah. like, he's it's, got a delusion yep. and this is how we help with a delusion. And Gus is like, I'm, here. I'm also here. <laughs> <laughs> I represent the community. <laughs> Does this make Lars the shark? Or does it make Bianca the shark? Well, I guess that goes into my other similarity. Hmm. That uh, Bianca is not a real girl. No. I mean, the brand name of the sex doll that she is is it's a real girl. Real girl. But she is not a, a living person. Similarly, Bruce the <laughs> shark was an animatronic. Yes. And therefore that, not a real shark. But that is not a point in the movie. Wouldn't that be crazy, Dan, they found out it's an animatronic being controlled by someone? Well, see, here's the thing. That's the delusion in Jaws. They're like, this is a real shark. And Dagmar's in the back being like, they need this. They need this, you guys. It's like, Dagmar, it killed three people. Two people. Three people. It killed three people. At least. At least. Who knows who he like, killed before he got there? They need this delusion. This town needs it. Eventually, they won't. Um, I have as one that nature mm -hmm. is the enemy in both of the films. And I'll explain this. Because in Jaws, it's obvious. The shark is a force of nature. The right. shark is nature. Um, I wrote that in, in Lars and the Real Girl, Lars has to confront his quote-unquote natural way of doing things, the way that he's always done them his whole life. Yeah. Like just being distant, mm -hmm. being afraid of human interaction. Um, it's his natural way of doing it based on his childhood traumas that he had. Yeah. Which are also nature-based. Like, he's not... The the yeah. the death of his... I mean, the, the distance of his father is, is psychological, but it comes from the na it's natural. It's natural yeah. But it comes from the fact that, like, his mom wasn't murdered by somebody. His mom died in childbirth. Karen's pregnancy is, is, is a nature thing. Yeah. And those are where his fears and apprehensions come from. I like that. Yep. Smart. Um, I like how, as a difference, um, and ultimately the reason why I was super on board with this pairing, I like how it seemingly, the towns, the communities act in opposition to what your gut reaction might suggest. I would yeah. assume that a beach community that had a shark that was deadly like that would be aware of it and be like, nah, hire the guy, kill the shark so we can get it done and over with. And it wouldn't be you think it wouldn't be the first time they experienced that being right. in each town. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that they are so ready to bury their head in the sand and ignore the shark and yeah. be like, it's not a problem and when they catch the wrong shark, be like, nah, it's all right, shark. Um, ignoring science. As opposed to Lars and the Real Girl, which is a seemingly from its facade seems to be a very conservative community. And mm -hmm. 
not only are they willing to immediately accept the medical science that suggests that Lars needs us to play along with the delusion, they're ready to accept a pretty substantial delusion. Yeah. Something that your gut reaction would be probably like Gus and Karen's initial and be like, this is weird. This is a little odd. I can't do this. Yeah. I, uh... Like, I see a lot of weird shit at work, but I think even this would be like, huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but not only does the community accept it almost wholeheartedly right from the jump, the conversations that that surround Bianca are the conversations that those members of the community would have had if Bianca weren't a living person. Like, the hilarious line from Gus's co-worker that's like, so she doesn't say anything. And he's like, no. And I'm like, does she have a sister? <laughs> or uh, Lars's like real like dude broy coworkers that are like, yeah, she can get it. And yeah. or the fact that they hire Bianca to be to model clothes at the shopping mall. Yeah. And they have a fucking like a book on tape set up so that she can read quote unquote to the kids at the hospital. That is not what I would have expected. And maybe this is a failing on, on my part for not being as accepting of a, of a town that has that as their facade. But that is not what I would have expected from yeah. a community that looks like Definitely. that. that. That does a little bit lean into another similarity that I have. Okay. Is that in both cases, the outsider, outsiders are the ones that save the day, almost. Okay. So... Obviously, the outsiders in Jaws are Brody, Quint, and Hooper. Right. All outsiders in a different way. Yeah. Brody is a recent addition of the community. Hooper is just a complete outsider who came from another yeah. state, another in, like geographic institute. And then Quint is kind of a social recluse. He obviously just lives in his little hut and he hunts sharks. And I think everyone knows him. Yeah. There's two levels to that, too. This is a thing I was going to bring up later on, but I think that it's interesting we can bring it up now. That uh brody yes is a new addition to the community but based on his position in the community he should be a respected community leader he is theoretically although new supposed to be an active member of the community as the chief of police and has no respect quint has a tremendous amount of respect from the community by being a shark hunter but wants nothing to do with the community And Hooper has no respect from the community and does not, not care. Does not care. <laughs> um, there's a scene in Jaws when they catch the fake shark, or the not the fake shark, it's a real shark, but catch the wrong shark. Yeah. And uh, Brody is thrilled that he's invited to be a part of the picture. Like he's standing right up front, getting his picture Smiling. taken with what is ostensibly the wrong shark. Uh, Richard Dreyfus is standing there because he's trying to analyze whether or not it's the correct shark. Hooper is and is pushed out of the way. They're like, get out of the picture. You don't belong here. And Quint laughs at them as he sails away on his boat. <laughs> so, anyways, those three um, are all outsiders in yes. some form. And then I kind of noticed in the movie that Bianca, being the outsider of this community, mm-hmm. having just moved in, is um, helps more people than just Lars. Yeah. Like, he, she's kind of the, the instigator of a lot of conversations that people probably should have been having. Yeah. Um, some of Gus and Karen's marital issues are resolved. And the, they didn't have any major ones. No, they were obviously but, yeah. very in love. and uh, Misaligned thinking from yes. the two of them. Yeah, help them resolve that. Just various townspeople seem to have, like, their lives were a little better to have yeah. 
imaginary friend to talk to yeah about these kind of things um and that's why as as she her being the outsider helps the community the same way that the outsiders help it in jaws interestingly another outsider i think that helps the community it's just a it's a short line but they talk about Margot, the new girl yeah oh she's she's new to the community as well and while bianca helps lars come out of his shell it's Margot that really helps lars not need bianca anymore I mean, the community not helps find a that. new shell, but yeah, exactly. That that Lars's, although it it is also it happens at the same time that Bianca starts to have her own job. Lars's uh, troubles with Bianca also start when he sees Margot starting to date the person at work. Yeah, and Bianca's health, quote unquote, really takes a turn when he finds out that Margot has broken up with this guy. Yep. And so. they go bowling and have all that fun. Right. That's all my similarities. Okay. I think that, I mean, I've been... I've been Not that we have to do them all in order, right. yeah. But, but do you have a difference? I have, I have a couple differences. Okay. Uh, one of the first being the time frame. Jaws seems like it happens in about a week or so. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty shark attack, shark attack. They get the wrong shark. Like It's like a day each. Each thing is a different day, basically. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot of grass that grows under their feet. No. And Which then, is interesting for a movie where the community tries to drag the story to make it longer. Yeah, they really do drag it out. It could have been like a cut and dry right. two-day event. but Yeah. Um, and then Lars and the Rubble takes place over at least several weeks, if not months. Right. You because, could, I mean, it takes them six weeks to get the doll in the first place. Yeah. And they, they don't state exactly how long it is, but right. there's a change of seasons. Like, it's obviously been yeah. at least two or three months in total of right. the story. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's important to the way that the stories develop as well. I think that a movie that needs to hold your suspense like Jaws does needs to be a, sh- needs to be a short time period, Yeah. or else the people, both the members of the community and the people watching it, will forget about the thing that is scaring them. That's why a lot of horror movies really, like, they take place over one night, or yeah. um, assuming we're considering Jaws a horror movie, which I think that it's, it's fair to say that amongst other genres it is also horror yeah um and then lars and the real girl it's important to see his emotional changes which happen over the course of there's slow things yeah 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 i like that both movies are are kind of a slow burn when it comes to like their and at least especially their like relinquishing of information like you don't get a lot of brody quinn and hooper's backstories until they're on the boat which is almost towards the end of the movie right um that when they have they get all drunk and they all talk about that's mostly Quentin Hooper. Right. You learn some about Brody's past, like that he almost drowned as a kid and that's right. why he doesn't really like the ocean all that much. And that he um, was a cop in New York and then to slow things down, that's why he moved to Amity yeah, Island. To move to a, a smaller community. Um, and then you'd learn about Lars's past in bits and pieces through his therapy sessions with Dagmar. Yeah. And a little um, bit with Gus. Yeah. There's they're more slow burn. They don't give you all that information on in the front like no. a lot of movies do. Which is nice. Yeah. So, um, another another difference, and I think we've 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 touched on it kind of a couple of times, is that in Lars and the or in in Jaws, there is a shark. The shark is a threat, and the community wants to ignore it. Mm-hmm. They say that the shark is fake or not real, as opposed to Lars and the real girl, where Bianca oh, yeah. is not a real girl. But the community 
is willing to accept that and be on board with the fact that she may not be a real girl, but she's she's still real to us, damn it. <laughs> so, kind of a yeah. difference, I guess. Yeah. It's the that, same no, thing, that but is opposites. a difference. The same way that Brody being, if you can have a main character of Jaws, right. is there, but he's an outsider still. Right. And Lars has been there his whole life. And still an outsider, yeah. Like well, not an outsider, but been there yeah, his whole life versus Brody, who is new. Yeah, yeah, and ultimately the community helps Lars. They, yeah, because they love him. They've known him since he was a little kid. Right, as opposed to Brody, where the community is like, "What the fuck is this guy?" Yeah, I had written down as one of mine. Jaws is people saving a community, and Lars is community saving a person. So, oh, in that regard, there, I like that too. In that way too, I'm yeah. really glad that you you took to this one. Yeah. I didn't think that you weren't going to, but it seems like I I think that our I think that our our similarities and differences aren't chock full of the jokes that I sometimes put for similarities and differences for this one. <laughs> I will admit watching Lars and the Rogo at least probably the first act of it is just awkward. It's like watching The Office. It is a little awkward. It is. Just until just the initial, like the, really, it's only the one scene of him first introducing Bianca to Gus and Karen. Yeah. Because they're so like, oh, he has a girl over, like. Right. This is awesome. Their faces and are just. Each time he adds a thing, they're still like, no, it's terror. okay. She, he's like, well, she doesn't speak English much. And they're like, oh, no, no it's fine. You're yeah. Like, oh, she's in a wheelchair. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. And then she shows up <laughs> and they will find out why she doesn't speak English and why she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> But it's a it's an incredibly endearing movie. It really it, is. It never plays off its subject matter as a joke. No, it's not. It, it, yeah, is, it's, it is a comedy. There are sure, funny there moments, are, yeah. but it's not at the expense of the fact that Lars has a delusion. It's an earnest movie, like yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah. We could have done Princess Bride and Lars and the Real Girl, and, and talk it, about earnestness. I did like when you said Blade Runner 2049 and Lars <laughs> the, the Real Girl. Because he has fake girlfriends in both of them. So if we end up doing... reality. If yeah. we end up doing duplicate movies, we might, we might could do that. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other differences? I'm not sure if I do. Um, I do. It, just the size of the community. So in Jaws, it is like a, a medium to large. Like it's, it's, it's small, but not as tight in it. It's okay. obviously there are probably at least hundreds of people that live here right. where yeah. it is in Lars and Urgo, it's like maybe a hundred people live here yeah or at the very least maybe a hundred people that we care about that yeah. we see yeah. as opposed to Jaws where the community is a mass um, and really I feel like it is the whole almost like not the bystander effect but the fact that the community is larger means that they're more able to just ignore their problem yeah once um, Lars introduces Bianca the whole community has to confront this in some right. way be it they kick him out or they ostracize him or ostracize him even more. Right. Or help him. Right. Um, and ultimately, since it's a small community, they help him. Like if Lars and the Rogo took place in a larger community in like a major city, Lars would have just been sent to a psychiatric hospital. Like there, right. there's no, there wouldn't have been any of this playing along with it. Right. That would have been the way that they did it. Or he would have just been a weird person on a subway. Yeah. I think that another interesting thing about the communities is that, um, Lars and the real girl is... I mean, they're both one community, 
but Lars and the Real Girl is also separate and has almost sort of separate settings. There's the yes. church community, which there's some overlap between that and other communities. There's Lars's work community. And they do say that he commutes. Like yes. That's, it's not in town, no. necessarily. Um, and then there's sort of Gus's work community. Um, and those three groups are... Like, they go other places and stuff. Like, Lars goes with uh, Margot, who's part of both church and work, to a work party. Um, yeah. And... Gus's work friends show up with Lars and Margot at bowling. But those are three very specific spaces that interact with uh, with Bianca in a unique way. Oh, I guess the hospital is another community because yeah. there are members of the church and the hospital that take Bianca to the hospital to do uh, volunteer work and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, there are their sub-communities. Right. So on <coughs> Similar kind of in Jaws is that, I mean, there is the community of Amity, um, of which we've already talked that Brody and Quint and Hooper are connected or not connected in interesting ways. But it's interesting when all of these people come to town yeah, to try and the catch larger, the shark. like, kind of state community. Right. Well, even outside of that, you're yeah. getting people out, out of state, but they still immediately become part of the faceless community as the viewer sees it because they are people also not helping... No. Brody to catch the shark. I mean, they're out there to catch the shark, quote unquote. But it's a bunch of amateur ass people. Um, like Hooper even says, he's like, "Hey guys, like you're gonna drown if you go out in that boat like that." And they're like, Rah! and he's like, "Okay, fuck you guys, I guess." <laughs> um, but it's interesting how everybody in Lars's community has a, even though they have a sub community, they have a distinct face. We know who yeah. they are. We look at them and we acknowledge them. They have yeah. a role to play, as opposed to the community in. Jaws, who, with the exception, I think, of the mayor and our other named main characters, everybody else in the community is just the community. Yeah. Like the fucking nonsense faces in Pink Floyd the Wall. It, it doesn't matter what they look like. They're all part of the antagonistic community. Yeah. So the secondary antagonist to the actual monster that's eating people. What is community if not a force of nature? Still nature is the enemy. Do you know that if a group of people to track movement of crowds, it's the exact same, it's the same as tracking movement of fluid? Really? Yeah. Um, That's not surprising, I don't think. When you, yeah, it's one of those things that when I first heard it, I'm like, oh! Oh, well, yeah. Duh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, when When they talk about structuring places for you to either be able to leave quickly or not leave at all they structure them in a way that the fluid would not be able to leave or would be able to leave quickly. is that why they only open two checkout lanes in every store even though there's 50 of them i don't know about that <laughs> it is why it is why casinos are structured the way they are yes so well shout out to uh not co-tagonist eric walters <laughs> who i'm certain does not listen to this as he has no social media presence who almost worked at a casino and told me all about this. Oh. Well, I know that grocery stores frequently change where things are so that you'll wander around more and hopefully buy new things. Bastards. I hate it when they change That's also why are. when we worked at the bookstore, it was a thing to go around and put tags back in the shirts and stuff. Did they ever actually ask you to do that? No. Maybe they had stopped at that point. Well, you were mostly in textbooks. I, yes, I did textbooks and ringing things up. They try not to give me as many responsibilities. <laughs> when I was in the front, they would do that because... Like, statistically, scientifically, someone is more yeah. likely to buy something if they touch, touch it. Touch it, yeah. No, that makes sense. So, 
So that's why they hide the price. So you have to fucking look across this whole shirt. Where's the price? But then usually when I see it, I'm like, no, nah, it's too expensive. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> the UTD bookstore is not a cheap place. No. Shout out. <laughs> Maybe cheap with paying people. Hey, <laughs> hashtag minimum wage. Hey, but that's Follett. That's not UTD. That's true. I love UTD. Uh, yeah. We have UTD at home. Or we have UTA at home. <laughs> UT proper, because UTA is a different thing yeah, altogether. That's UT Arlington. Yeah. Anyways, besides all that, do you have any other differences or similarities? No, that's all mine. All right. You want to go to questions? Sure. Okay. You go first. I only have two. Okay. Do you only so have here's two? a question. I, I mean, I have a couple. I got some, I got some questions <laughs> rattling around in here. Uh, question one, and uh, I'm using this as leverage against uh, my brothers. Uh, what do you feel the genres of these two movies are? So, Or do they have multiple genres? Th- I think that they certainly have multiple. Um, I didn't notice several times, because I've seen Jaws many times, until we'd kind of talked about it before watching it, that this is the first summer blockbuster movie. Yes. Not... And it wasn't like they were trying to make... No. They were trying to make an enjoyable movie that came out during the summer. Right. But... It is the first... If we're talking about the modern summer blockbuster as it stands, it is the first summer blockbuster. Yeah. And that there's so many... When I watched it this time, I noticed like iconic shots. Oh, so Or many. just the way that they did some of the cinematography that just scream summer blockbuster. Like, oh, yeah. So I think if we're going to say that's a genre, Jaws is certainly that. Um, I do think it's also a horror movie. Okay. They do a good job also, just like most horror movies, of not showing the monster really yeah. until the end. Um, you don't see it at all in the first attack. No. You see like it's Finn and stuff in the just second attack. Bit. You see it a little bit um, in the third attack where the, the where Brody son almost dies because you yeah. see it come out and like eat this dude. Yeah. Then you really don't see it even when uh, they're hunting it until... It half pops out onto the boat and eats right. Quint. That's when you really see like this the size of this shark and how right. scary it is. Um, just like most good monster movies. For Lars and the Real Girl, I would say that it is a comedy. Hmm. Uh, that's a secondary genre thing. I think that there, there are a lot of funny moments in it. Um, but it's really just a feel-good movie. Yeah, I, think. I can look like, at that. Not even... Because it's not... A tragedy. No. It's not a thriller. It's not like... Now, if they found out at the end that Bianca really was alive, then it would be a horror movie. Sure. But it's not. Or a sci-fi. Yes. Hashtag Blade Runner 24. <laughs> she's, she's the first. I almost said synth. Yes. <laughs> Replicant. There we go. That's the one. <laughs> Nick and Jack say Lars and the Real Girl is sad. I think it is sad, but I think it's incredibly hopeful. I think yeah. it's a happy movie in tor- in the end. I think See, it certainly had they, the ability to be a sad movie. They say it's sad, and I say it's happy at the end. And I don't think that we're willing to accept that that can be the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you have to take the whole yeah. exciting something like that. So I think it's a happy movie. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie. I think they think it's a good movie, too. Anyways. It's not sad. Like, Drive was a sad movie. Sad Drive was a bit of a bummer, you guys. 2049, even I thought, was a sad movie. Yeah. Like, good things happen, but... Man, Ryan Gosling is just sad in every movie he's in. Yeah. Although he's happy at the end of Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which is odd, because he's at a funeral. Yeah. Anyways. I would agree. I think that... I think that 
uh, I think that horror or monster movie, I think, is the best genre yeah. for Jaws. And I would say, I would say that, I would say maybe that Lars and the Real Girl is a drama, but not because well, yeah, drama would work. I think that only because I think that a comedy requires the comedy to be the driving force. But I don't have a I don't have a frame of reference for that definition. Just gut feeling, I think I would say drama over comedy. But I, I would agree that there are comedic elements, and it's one of my favorite lines in the movie: "The whole does she have a sister thing?" So well, yeah, like it, I do think comedy is a is a secondary or tertiary genre for the film. Okay, um, that it is a so I guess we call it a dramedy. Dramedy, I like it, like but, a one hump or two hump dramedy. Which I guess I was gonna say drama these nuts. <laughs> that one doesn't lead in, but I guess I guess the one hump or two hump dramedy might lead into one of your questions. Oh yes, but I'm gonna have, that's gonna be my last question. Okay. This so we're not gonna lead into that question. <laughs> um, have you lived in a place that had a really strong sense of community before? Uh I have been a part of communities that have had really strong senses of communities. I've only ever lived in like cities or large suburbs of cities. Yeah. Um, but I've been a part of communities that have been relatively tight knit. Uh, when, when, uh, when my parents were pastors, still the church community, both locally and territorially and nationally and internationally. Territorially just makes it sound like they're angry. Animalistic. Well, <laughs> those were pretty tight communities. Um, and, uh, I think that, I think that UTD, at least my community at UTD was an incredibly tight community, or the communities oh, I was a part yeah. of. Between the group of friends that that I had as a sort of as a freshman and sophomore, and then the group then, of friends for radio, and the group of friends that you and I were a part of that were not radio, the clubs that were just we now we friends can rent rooms and shit. Right, right, exactly. The club, yeah, the clubs that were only there so that we could hang out easier, as opposed to <laughs> actually have a purpose for anything. So I've not been I've not lived in a in a geographic community that has been tight knit like that, but I have been a part of communities I think that have been tight knit like that. Yeah. How about you? I my childhood that this is the part that my childhood I can remember, obviously. Sure. Um, living in Utah, we lived in a cul de sac and it wasn't I wouldn't say it wasn't obviously like Lars and Rogo where everyone knew everyone. Sure. But most of the people in the cul-de-sac we knew we would go over to their house and hang out with them yeah we would play in their yard me and and my brother thorin um even just then expanding that a little bit further the community of my elementary school i remember like when i walked to school because it was close enough to walk yeah we would stop at like eight or nine different houses and like get the kid from there get the kid from there get the kid from there and then we'd all eventually make it to school same thing walking back neat so i remember meeting dale and ryan and cameron and everyone as we as we walked and that was probably the closest to that kind of type in the community that I had. Okay. Also, obviously, UTD. Yeah. In my years at UTD, um, especially among the people in my major, the ATEC, Arts mm-hmm. and Technology, is a tight is a pretty tight knit community. Especially once you get to the upper level electives, you basically know everyone in that class because yeah. you've had classes with different classes with different people, but you've had a class Ultimately with all those people class, at this yeah. point. Um, I was disappointed to find out that my that that history wasn't that way. Or if it was, nobody ever invited me to those things. <laughs> I remember chemistry being that way when I was a chemistry major, but I was never I was never the right kind of chemistry major. Yeah. Um, a lot of them were pre-med, and that was never me. Uh, but yeah, when I got to history, it seemed like that wasn't the way that people were doing things. 
Oh, well. Yeah. And I guess I had a little bit of that in elementary school, a little bit of that in Salinas with hanging out all on the same street, and a little bit of that in Denver. We would occasionally walk to school with Nathan and Joel. Um, but I think that, yeah, predominantly my parents' church, uh, and then, and then, yeah, and then UTD. Yeah. I like that question. That was a good question. That's my good question. My other one's kind of a bullshit question. <laughs> um, jokingly, I had suggested... Oh, actually, no. I think this is a question that we, we've asked almost every time, and I would be interested to hear your response to this one. How did you like these movies separate and also together? Well, I love them both separately. Okay. And together, I think that they fit really well. I think you could tell... I could see the... We haven't done one yet that I couldn't see... The connection. The connection. Yeah. But... I think we've had ones that the connection has been weaker. Yes, this is certainly not the weakest connection. I don't think it was the strongest one, but it, I still think the strongest one was probably Princess Bride and Lady, and Lady in the Water. Water. At least... I can live with that. I the think strongest, not story, obvious one. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I think that Bohemian Rhapsody in the Wall is a little oh. obvious. I was going to say Platoon and Last Temptation of Christ in some is, way is obvious, given right. that they're both... Half half of the comparison is very obvious and the other half is super esoteric um this is your first time having watched Lars and the Real Girl yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um current baseline is Master and Commander as being the favorite movie that you hadn't seen before this this is my this number l- two this is this is number two okay so it hasn't beaten Master and Commander I would also this is not I'll be shocked if anything does I was gonna say in in, in piggybacking off of that specifically I would like to say another shout out to you, oh. because I I don't I like I told you in the chat when you said it, but I was so moved I almost woke up Devin who was asleep to tell her how moved I was by it and decided ultimately to tell her the next day. But I was so moved by the fact that the reason you were able to send me a review of Master and Commander from Amazon was because you liked the movie so much that you wanted to buy it. How many movies do you own? God, 10 maybe? Like, that's that's a generous maximum. Right. I don't think I'm there. And so the fact that you cared enough about a movie that I was able to show you or that we were able to explore together through this podcast yeah. is very, I very much appreciate I'm that. I'm definitely going to buy it. It's I'm glad. Amazon card. i got to buy my stuff for my trip to Hawaii. It's kind of a, my priority. Yes, naturally. But it's only 11 bucks for this movie, so it'll be easy DVD to just or get it. I'll get Blu-ray. Okay. I bought it on DVD, but I also bought it used at half price, so. I might see if they have it at half price, maybe. Okay. But. Yeah. I had another question about, oh, uh, another question that we ask sometimes. Um, do you have, like we joking, we jokingly said Blade Runner 2049, although I think it would have actually fit a little bit. Are there other movies, though, about the community aspect of these that you might add? I think actually it might have been interesting if we were going to do a third movie. Um, Lady in the Water would also be an interesting a, one to add for community. a strong community movie. Yeah. Um, and has interesting things to say about Outsiders as well. Because yeah. both um, Story and um, Bob Balaban were Outsiders in that community. Bill Bam, Billy Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic us. Um... I think that Lady in the Water could have replaced Lars and the Rogo as an example of um, a helpful community. Mm-hmm. And also could have been paired with it as just they're both helpful communities. Yeah. Um, 
Although I, I do like we played these off as opposites. The way the community reacts yeah. is opposite. The, yeah. Um, it's an example of a good community and a bad community. At least in regards to the health of that community. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay. I have. See, because when I think of movies, I think of the movies I own, and it's not a lot of movies. <laughs> you wouldn't pick Two Towers? We could pick Two Towers. In the community of the Rohirrim and how they interact of, with of it. Eteros? Yeah. You know, and ultimately the whole community. And that's and that's good because the elves help them, too. Yeah. That's no Orkhorn. Oh. You want to do your last question now? Yeah. Hold on, before you do... <laughs> Is it a one-hump or a two-hump dramedy? <laughs> Segwaying off of that. Fucking flawless. Um, what's your favorite kind of shark? Reggae shark. Oh, I love reggae shark. <laughs> That's why you didn't tell me your answer when you asked earlier. For those of you who do not know what reggae shark is, uh, pause the podcast now. I know that you're on the internet. It's the only way you can hear us unless you downloaded it. Freaking nerd. And that way, if you download it, it's easier to just pause it and come it back is. to it. It is. Go to the YouTube and search Reggae Shark. It's only, a five-minute really video of the tops. There's yeah. multiple, but... Watch that. We'll wait. <laughs> Five minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Two Films, Too Curious, where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Uh, Reggae Shark is my joke answer, but I think also <laughs> Hammerhead Sharks, because I think they look neat. And it's not just form it's also function yes yeah they can magnetically detect things in the that's fucking dope that's so cool sharks are just so cool they really are nobody knows how old they are seven eight forty forty four three d three d three forty three d three what's your favorite kind of um, shark thresher shark i feel like i've heard that before so the threat my always my basic bitch answer is always great whites. I think great whites are certainly the coolest. That would have been on my list too, because also um, I like the movie Jaws. I don't know if you've seen that, but <laughs> I like the shark in that. But great whites are are just a really they're cool, pretty dope uh, species of shark. Um, the great the largest one of the largest great whites on record was saw was seen. Sarnand was sar was sighted in uh, off the coast of Hawaii last month. I think Neat. she's twenty two feet long, almost as long as Bruce, who's I think twenty five. So, how does Mrs. Bruce feel about that? <laughs> uh, Deep Blue is pregnant, so maybe she's having Bruce's babies. Mm. That's the name of that shark. Is Deep Blue? Oh, so. I was gonna say. I think I say that's the name of that shark, Bruce. And I'm like, yes, I know that. <laughs> no. I know his name is Bruce. <laughs> I've watched Deep Blue. It's a before. pretty fucking cool name for a shark. Yeah, it is. Um, but thresher sharks, um, they can get up to about 18 feet long. I think they can get pretty large. But basically, their tail, the top part of the dorsal part of their tail, oh, that is one. yeah almost as long as their entire body and they use it like a whip and they stun fish and the fish is like the fuck was that and then they eat them that's pretty which neat. i think is so fucking cool that's pretty neat <laughs> it, they just look ridiculous they're okay. awesome uh but i love all sharks so i'm a shark except fan. for goblin goblin sharks are just creepy why you gotta be like that, like, that man goblins mouth, are okay like comes out yeah that's kind of cool like alien that's creepy aliens well they also live in the deep part of the ocean that's why they're weird everything that lives there's weird wow man <laughs> <laughs> two films too curious does not uh discriminate against the regions of the ocean that your fish may live in <laughs> despite the views of maybe one half, half of the curious parties 
Unbelievable. Goblin sharks are just valid. They are just as sharky well, as other sharks. Well, I'm saying they're not sharks. Kind of sounds like they are. <laughs> Anyways, I think that I think that it's obvious. By the way, we're trailing off here. That uh, <laughs> we're at the end of the podcast. <laughs> we're at the end of the podcast. Do you have any other comments to make? Um. No. No. I don't think I do either. I thought I had one in my heart, but I guess it's gone now. Uh, are you going to go see uh, Avengers Endgame tomorrow? No, I'll see you on Saturday, though. Same. Yeah. So Very excited. Uh, if you spoil it, I'll cut you. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, this is very unrelated, but I think a relevant question for our podcast. And I think that if we were to ever have a question that we would say, talk to us about it on Facebook or something like mm-hmm. that, this is definitely one of them. I read an interesting post from a friend of mine today that said that spoilers aren't a thing, he says. Uh, spoilers aren't a thing. That's why in Medius Reus works, he says, that um, it is not about what character dies or what happens at the end. It's about the way that the story works. And in fact, in classical storytelling and things like Oedipus Rex, the people who are watching already knew the end of the story. It's why he says um, that remakes work and reimaginings and retellings and spoilers, therefore, aren't real. I fundamentally disagree with that. So he's saying that the people that died are the friends we made along the way? I believe he is saying that. <laughs> no, I, so I, I fundamentally disagree with, with that. I think that I the, do too. I think that spoilers are not about specific plot elements that are given away. And I think that that's why, like, if, if that was the case, nobody would, nobody would watch a movie. There are many instances of movies where I, I felt that I had did myself a real service by having seen it in the theater first because yeah. that's a beautiful way to watch it. It's why I haven't it seen is. James Cameron's Avatar yet because a buddy of mine said, if you can't see it IMAX first, wait until a revival happens so you can see it on the IMAX. Hmm. Um, because it's not about the, the individual plot points. It's about the spectacle of the thing. It's about the spectacle of the thing, which is why Inmedius in Reyes isn't spoiling the movie. And Medius Reyes is telling you that this particular point of the movie is not the thing that we want, is not the reason why we're showing the movie. It may be the purpose behind the movie, but it is not what we want to show you about the movie. Remakes and retellings are exactly that. They're going to change something fundamentally about the way that the movie exists. Well, and who doesn't? Well, some people don't. Most people rewatch movies. Yeah. If you have a favorite movie, you've seen it more than once. That's what he had said. That spoilers, spoilers aren't a thing because people rewatch movies. And I think that I think you it's rewatch a counterpoint a movie, to that argument. Yeah. Yeah. I think that also there are so many movies that are made by, better by not knowing what happens in the movie the first time you watch it. And some movies are made better by knowing what happened. Sure. Like like on subsequent viewings. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. what I mean. But not, not the first not, time. Not, yeah, not knowing the first time. But yeah. some movies are improved by rewatching them. If you have an opinion about whether or not spoilers are a thing, and I apologize to to if he ever listens, potential future co-tagonist Scott for dragging you this way, <laughs> um, although I felt it was a, an interesting argument to be had. If you have an opinion about whether or not spoilers are a thing, feel free to post so on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. facebook.com slash twofilmstocurious. Or you could even email us. At twofilmstocurious at gmail.com. I think those are really the only places that you can leave us comments or something. Yeah. But we are checking both of those places. So yeah. Anyways, keep watching movies. Yep. Keep being curious. We love you. We do.